I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Utah's source for exclusive access and insights behind the news. Here's the opinion page editor of the Deseret News, Boyd Matheson, on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Yismor le David Adonai Rawilo Echsar, Binodesha Yar Bitseni. Ame Minuchot Yanahaleni, Nafshi Shove, Yancheni, Vamaglet Sadek, the Manchimo. Gam Kielech, Beket Samavet, Lo Irara, Kiata Himadi, Shiftaha, Mishantaha, Hema Yanahamuni. Welcome to Inside Sources today. I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor of the Deseret News. That was Rabbi Lauren Holtzblout uh, singing the uh, 23rd Psalm uh, at the United States Supreme Court today, where the uh, casket of former Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg uh, will lie in state today. It was a moving tribute this morning <clears throat> that began began out on the steps of the United States Supreme Court uh, with a, a really solemn and impressive, uh, inspiring display from many of her former law clerks, uh, all standing there socially distanced uh, in uh, just a very solemn, uh, very poignant moment uh, as, as she was brought to lie in state uh, there inside of the Grand Hall in the United States Supreme Court. If you haven't ever been there, it's a, it's a stunning place just to begin with. Uh, and to to have this take place there, uh, was so significant today, and I uh, just that uh, rendition by the rabbi of the twenty third psalm uh, I thought was just so moving, so stirring, uh, and so fitting uh, for a uh, a woman who was a trailblazer, who was a glass ceiling breaker, who uh, led on so many different things, and whether you agreed with her judicial philosophy or her worldview, uh, didn't really matter. Uh, you had to admire and respect. Uh, how she approached her work uh, and how hard she worked at her work and the way that she created space for conversations to happen, which we often talk about on this show, that we do have to create space to have a different kind of conversation. And that begins with respect and uh, begins with a few other things that we're going to talk about. Uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg actually gave us the key, the key to the future of the Supreme Court and the key to the future of the country. And we're going to talk about that a little later on uh, today in the show. Uh, during the uh, short service uh, that was there in the Grand Hall of the United States Supreme Court this morning, uh, the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court, uh, Justice Roberts, uh, gave some some very nice reflections, I think, in terms of the life of Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Uh, some serious, some less so, all fitting, uh, all powerful to the moment. Uh, first, he talked about her love. Uh, of opera and her desire to, to, to be a singer. Justice Ginsburg's life was one of the many versions of the American dream. It has been said that Ruth wanted to be an opera virtuoso, but became a rock star instead. She was not an opera star, but she found her stage right behind me in our courtroom. There she won famous victories that helped move our nation closer 
to equal justice under law. Later, she became a star on the bench, where she sat for 27 years. Her 483 majority, concurring, and dissenting opinions will steer the court for decades. Among the words that best describe Ruth, tough, brave, a fighter, a winner, but also thoughtful, careful, compassionate, honest. Justice Ginsburg had many virtues of her own, but she also unavoidably promoted one particular one, humility in others. I uh, love that from uh, Chief Justice describing uh, his colleague, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. I want to go back to uh, some comments uh, made after uh, Rabbi Holtzblatt uh, saying that uh, 23rd Psalm. She she talked about the legacy, the life, the legacy, and what it really means to America. To be born into a world that does not see you, that does not believe in your potential, that does not give you a path for opportunity or a clear path for education, and despite this, to be able to see beyond the world you are in, to imagine that something can be different. That is the job of a prophet. And it is the rare prophet who not only imagines a new world, but also makes that new world a reality in her lifetime. This was the brilliance and vision of Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg. This was Justice Ginsburg's life's work. Nothing could stop Justice Ginsburg's unflagging devotion to this project, not even cancer. Justice Ginsburg, Midor Lador, from generation to generation, we promise to carry forward your legacy. May you rest under the wings of the Shekhinah, knowing that you have tirelessly served us and this great country, the United States of America. I think that's so powerful, talking about someone who was born into a world that did not see her, that did not believe in her potential, that did not give her a path of opportunity for education, and yet all that she achieved and all that she did. Uh, I also love this idea that this developing this ability to see beyond the world you are in, to imagine something that can be different. Uh, the rabbi said that is the job of a prophet uh, and then compared Ruth Bader Ginsburg in terms of the world she could only imagine and then how she went about doing it. And she listed some of those character traits. And I, I always say you learn more about people from their principles uh, than you do from their biography. And I think that is especially true with Ruth Bader Ginsburg. While she has a very long uh, bio sheet of accomplishments and, and honors and uh, all the different things that go with that, more important were the, the principles that guided her and enabled her to achieve all those things and to make the difference that she did. I want to return for just a moment to uh, another comment from the Chief Justice uh, uh, John Roberts. Uh, on uh, We've talked a lot on this show about... Uh, uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg unique friendship with Justice Scalia uh and of course the uh the now very famous photo of the two of them on an elephant Many of you have seen the famous picture of Justice Scalia and Justice Ginsburg riding atop an elephant in India It captured so much of Ruth There she was doing something totally unexpected just as she had in law school where she was not only one of the few women but a new mother to boot. 
And in the photograph, she is riding with a dear friend, a friend with totally divergent views. There is no indication in the photo that either was poised to push the other off. Uh, uh, I love that. <laughs> Neither was poised to push the other off from, again, just opposite ends of the philosophical and judicial spectrum. Uh, and yet they found friendship across their differences because of the respect and the reverence that they had for each other uh, and for the institution and the country that they both served, uh, I think is why that relationship between the two justices actually worked and worked so magnificently well. It really was a duet uh, for the two of them on the Supreme Court of the United States. Uh, in fact, let's go, uh, let's go back to uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg's own words uh, at the uh, eulogy she presented for Justice uh, Antonin Scalia after he had passed away. Uh, that we're going to come back to this. Uh, this has just been heavy on my mind the last couple of days uh, because I think it is the answer to so many different things for us. In the words of a duet for Tennis Scalia and Soprano Ginsburg, we were different, yes, in our interpretation of written text, yet one in our reverence for the court and its place in the U.S. system of governance. So again, many uh, great reminders. We're going to come back to this in our final segment today as we talk about some of the keys moving forward for the court, some of the keys moving forward for the country. Uh, and I think we just heard something that might be a big, big, big part of that. Uh, also, a couple other quick uh, programming notes. We are standing by. There is to be a press conference in uh, Louisville today uh, on the Brianna Taylor case uh, as that begins to unfold. Of course, uh, KSL News Radio will break in with uh, updates and information. Uh, relating to those cases and uh, the impacts that will have across that state and across the country as well. So stay tuned to KSL News Radio for that. Much, much more to come. Also, just a, a quick note that the House did approve a spending bill uh, last night to avoid a government shutdown. So they have punted the ball. Again, this is the Washington Continuing Resolutions, if that's the new name of the football team, which I think it probably should be. You could just put a big CR. Uh, on the helmets, and they could be the uh, Washington Continuing Resolutions because that's what we seem to do. And this one, amazingly, shockingly, will continue until after the election. Uh, so neither side will have to deal with it. Neither side will have to come back to Washington for votes when they really need to be out campaigning. Uh, and the status quo will prevail, prevail. And so I will rant about that uh, on another day. But uh, that's where we are uh, on that. We're going to go ahead and step aside uh, for a quick commercial break. When we come back, you don't want to miss this. Uh, a new fellow uh, for the Deseret News, uh, Maya Jaredet, will talk to us about how do we talk about race to our children. You want to listen to this. Stay with us on KSL News Radio. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. 
Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.